On today's show, Luka Doncic snubbed as an all-star mm-hmm. starter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I am devastated by this news. Can't believe that Luka Doncic is not an all-star starter. I, I, I imagine that's the words that go through his mind. I'm actually kind of pissed about this whole thing, so uh, I'm ready to go in. We switched on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavs. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can watch us right now. Uh, on today's show, we got some interesting things. Luka Doncic was not named an all-star starter, which is fine. Um, but we also got Jake Fisher coming up, but first joining me as always, my co-host contributor writer at Mavs.com, the all-star starting stud, the one more thinking, what you got for me, Isaac Harris. First off, super excited for Jake Fisher, uh, to be on the pod, friend of the pod, returning guest of the pod. Uh, so you can get a little bit of Jake today, a little bit of Jake tomorrow. Good stuff. Nick. Uh, had a great chat with him on all the latest rumors, news, Mavs um, that could happen over the next few weeks around the trade deadline. Uh, full disclosure, it was supposed to just be one full pod today, but then the all-star stuff came out and then it's like, all right, we got to talk about this because I have <laughs> mad thoughts. Um, somebody tweeted at me. It's like, Hey, I got, you know, what, how's Zima checked on Isaac after this? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I debated on this of like, do I, do I do a thread or do I just do it on the pod? And one of the luxuries for the pod. Yes. Of where we're at uh, in our media careers is we do have an audio platform much easier. Let's talk about it instead of typing something out. Yeah. So we will hear from Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report. Uh, we'll split the interview into two sections today and you will get a podcast from us with some thoughts on all of that stuff tomorrow as well. We're doing our trade deadline dash like we always do a podcast every single day until the trade deadline. And then we are uh, we'll also talk about the all star voting, like like Isaac said and Luca not named a starter there. Um, oh, with the Jake Fisher, with the Jake Fisher interview, we recorded this before Tim Hardaway Jr.'s injury. So you have to know that. I'll let you know that again later. Steph Curry, John Morant named as the starting backcourt for the all-star voting. Uh, that's the way the fans voted them. That's the way the players voted them. That's the way the media voted them. Everybody seemed to be in a in a, in a, a you know one line with Steph Curry and John Morant. So why are people upset about this? Well, I think there's two layers to this, right? There's a who's starting the all-star game. And then there's the, the uh, full result of the voting. I don't have an issue with the who's starting the all-star game. Listen, like John deserves it. We, we went over yeah. this a week or so ago. Like teams better. Jaw deserves head, not, every not head to head, but they here's the thing. Head. Memphis has a better record. Jaw has been better consistently this season or the first half of the season. Luca's run that he's on right now, if this started um like just earlier into the season, he would be much better. Like, I think it's not out of the the like realm here that all NBA means more than all-star, right? It does at, at the end of the season that Luca is getting that all NBA spot compared to like Jai. If this if this similar run happens, because that's the thing, it's like, man, you can't you can't knock Jaw with that because Jaws has been really good all year long. And Luca 
was a little bit slower out of the gate. And whenever you're trying to pick between these two, you know, <laughs> these two guys, then you have to kind of split hairs with that. If you're just comparing both those guys, Ja has better shooting numbers. You know, when you go across the board, field goal percentage, three point percentage, free throws. Obviously, Luca gets him, you know, on the on the assist and the and the rebounds, but it's just Ja's been slightly better than Luca this year. And I mean, where he's taken and led this Memphis team, I, I don't have any issue with that. Where I had a big issue is one, how the team is broken down, how this whole thing, why I get why because of the rules, but just in principle, Andrew Wiggins starting over Luka Doncic in an all-star game is ludicrous. Like that's dumber than a box of hammers. Like, I don't even understand like that. It's just stupid, but that needs all those hammers in that box. Why? (laughs) That's the rules. I get all of that. The, the biggest thing I had an issue with that I said, this is just stupid, and it got me like really ready for this pod, is the Luca didn't get a single media vote. And he had the same amount of media votes than Clay, as Clay Thompson and Damian Lillard. Like, these guys are... Well, like, which, is, which is zero, by the way. Let's not say well, that other yeah. media people voted for them. Like, but this is the thing that like gets me is... I feel like people are viewing this Lucas season as kind of like a lost season. They're viewing it like a Damian Lillard season when Lillard's had the surgery, their team sucks, like all this stuff. And if you're viewing Lucas season as like a lost season, I think it's stupid. I think it's lazy. I think it's telling of where you're at as a media and as a fan. If you're watching, you know, that I think it's telling that you're following a narrative more than the numbers because that's the thing, because that whole you we can sit here and say Lucas started this season out of shape. One hundred percent, he did. Is he still in the? Is he there like fully in, like physical fitness wise right now? No, he's getting there. I think he's getting close, but he's still not there. But you still can't like hold that against him. Players averaging this season twenty five nine and eight. There's only one player averaging that this season. It's freaking Luka Doncic. Okay, and it's just it's been really really frustrating. Whenever we both listen to Bill Simmons, we've listened to Bill forever. And I think sometimes how Bill breaks down like all-star voting and just all of that. I I mean, we see it, how it was kind of similar of how he thought about it. A lot of media thought about the same way when I was listening to Bill, you know, just like last week, talking about all-star stuff. And they almost just like dismissed Luca. It's like, well, Luca, he came in the league, you know, he came in the season out of shape and that has to be held against him. All right. So who's the, the next guy that can be on the, I'm like, what? Like we just, and, and it feels like a lot of other media is doing that exact same thing. So when you look at, you know, you look at Luca's stuff, it's like, well, what else is getting held against him? Is it his team? It's not his team. They're fifth in the West. They have one of the best defenses in the league, but you don't see him getting credit for the defense, right? Like you're not going to tell me that. I, I, well, anyway. I just, I'm just really frustrated by it. I, I don't, it, you can't tell me it's a games played thing. He's played two less games than LeBron James. He's played three less games than Ja. It's just, I, I don't understand the, because he's not at his best, then it doesn't mean he's deserving of, or he's having a really good season because Luca's 80% is better than 90% of the league. And I think it's dumb. I think it's telling of who you are as a media voter and everything. If you don't even want to give him a shot because, oh, he's he started the, the year uh, you know, overweight. Sorry. I'm really frustrated. Other players that got media votes in the other, other West <clears throat> guards that got media votes. 
Steph Curry, John Morant, obviously. They got the most. They got one, too. Yeah. No, no upset there. Devin Booker, Chris Paul. I, I don't really even have I'm I don't really have enough qualm there. Donovan Mitchell and DeJounte Murray <laughs> got both got media votes. If you're <laughs> voting for if you're not gonna vote for Curry or Morant or Booker or Chris Paul, and you're gonna vote for Mitchell or DeJounte Murray, I mean, I, I don't know what you're doing at that point. Those are the two I get a little upset on. Uh, Donovan we, we, Mitchell, two games, the Utah Jazz, two games better than the Dallas Mavericks right now. <laughs> He's averaging 25 points, five assists, four rebounds in this 43% from the field. Lucas right at 44%. Um, Donovan Mitchell shooting 33% uh, from, from three this season. I, it's just that when I seen that Luca didn't get any media votes, that stuff just pissed me off because that to me, that just means that that whole like narrative about his weight thing controlled these, the voters. I do think that it's a very small population of people that we're upset about though. If you, if you're going to be upset about it though, cause it's like, are you upset with anybody that voted for Curry? No. no. Are you upset with anybody that voted for jaw? No. Are you upset with anybody that voted for Booker? And we know that uh, Callie Kaplan of the Dallas morning news voted for Booker instead of Luca. Are you upset with that? I don't know. Chris Paul. I mean, I'm not like, th- I'm not, I'm not thrilled about it. I, I so don't, then it's only the two voters that voted for Mitchell or DeJounte Murray. It's only those two people, whoever they are. It's Michael C. Wright and whoever, whoever else. <laughs> Did Greg Logan. <laughs> probably. No, it's probably Kendrick Perkins. He had a vote. Do you know that? I, I, they did. I, I can tell. I, I have the voters right in front of me. Kendrick Perkins had a vote. Kendrick Perkins had a vote. Well, Rashad Phillips better than. So, <laughs> I just, when he came in last in the media votes, it just felt like he wasn't even like considered, right? Like when you look at that second spot, it's like, okay, well, these guys all got votes. Do, you know, four other guys got votes on that and Luca couldn't get a single one whenever, look at his number, like, come on. But it's only just two, literally just two people that voted for someone other than the two sons guys or Curry or Jaw. So it's just those two guys that you're upset with. Okay. Well, if we put right. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, we, we get upset about this stuff and you see, like, I just put out a tweet that Luca got zero media votes and I'm seeing that get so much social engagement, but yeah. what does it really mean? Right. It means that somebody would have to pick Luca ahead of, you know, four of those guys basically. And I just don't, I don't think that, you know, for those two guys that voted for Mitchell and Jante Murray, they got some sort of agenda, right? You got, you got some other kind of agenda working because, uh, or some other kind I mean, of you look at some of the, I mean, Look at the player voting on some of this stuff. Like, well, that's I'm, that's I'm, agendas all over the place. I mean, Grayson Allen got a vote. Uh, you know, ben, ben Ben Simmons, Simmons. got two votes. Kyrie Irving got like twenty yeah. something votes, didn't he? Like, I mean, that's just a different. That's just a completely different. Luca, um, Luca got fifty four player votes. Devin Booker got sixty seven media votes. Um, yeah. So, but th- but that's where we are with Luka Doncic. He didn't get I, any media votes, and uh, and yeah, I, I don't I don't see how. He would have gotten some if, if you're going to pick, if you're not going to pick him ahead of some of those guys. Okay. When you break it down like that, now I feel dumb, but I will say this. I, I think that feeling that mindset, it's that, true. All that, that opinion all the reasoning about, is true. about yeah. Lucas season this year is bigger than those two guys. And I think it, it's become a thing. It, it Now you listen, it's become like the, the hot trendy thing. Anytime you hear any national person talk about the Mavs, like, yeah, Mavs, good defense. You know, Luca just not in shape this year. He's having a really down year, but kind of bummer. What? 
Like, yeah, not shooting the three ball well, coming in out of shape. That's that's yeah, all it is. And it's like you can say that he's not at his best. You could say that he started the season not in shape, but he's still having a really dang good season, especially numbers wise. So, I, man, I hope that Luca uses it as like okay, all right, <laughs> and and I think we could. It would be even more valid once the All NBA stuff at the end of the year. <clears throat> like if we're sitting there right now looking at All NBA votes, and it's like. Oh, Luca didn't get any first team All NBA, and he got like a few second team, and he like comes in at like third team or something like that. Then we're just blasting the pod off the rails from the very beginning. For sure, right? That the, all that same stuff, that same mentality you had at the beginning of the pod counts for that stuff too. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming up. Let's get into some more uh, All Star starter voter votes and stuff like that. Porzingis got some votes. Dorian Finney Smith got some votes. Brunson got some votes. We'll talk about all that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to put down some money on sports. You can go ahead and bet on these weekend games. They already have the lines for what the Super Bowl would be. Are you ready to hear this? I think you can bet I think you can bet on these already. I think you can. Yeah, I think you can on betonline.ag. Give me those Bengals odds. All right, uh, Bengals, if they make the Super Bowl and they play the Rams, the Rams would be a three-and-a-half-point favorite. If they make the Super Bowl and play the 49ers, the 49ers would be a three-point favorite. Yeah, the Super Bowl is never a huge line ever. Um, But, yeah, Bengals are a seven-point underdog against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So that's that's what the odds makers think about the Kansas City Chiefs. So that one's pretty interesting. You can also bet on some basketball games if you want to as well. We got, um, let's see, Knicks versus Bucks. Bucks, nine-point favorite on Friday night. If you want to put some money down on that, go check it out, guys. Um, use the promo code locked on, get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Isaac Harris, let's talk a little bit more here about the all star voting. We got a couple other Mavs that got some votes. Chris Porzingis, his all star voting was, was something that um, people were talking about a lot. He got 20 player votes, ranked 12th among, among front court West. Uh, Western players. So Anthony Edwards is like, I submitted my ballot. He tied with Carmelo Anthony for 20 player votes. Okay. I was saying that was impressive, but now <laughs> he got less than 20 Steve- players voted for Melo. He got less than Steven Adams. He got less than Paul George, Gobert, Towns, obviously LeBron, Jokic, and Wiggins. Didn't Boban get two? Did Boban? I'm pretty sure Boban got two. And Boban go got on. two. Player votes, and he was ranked 42nd. Luca was definitely one of those. <laughs> who voted <laughs> Who voted for that? Let's see where the other Dallas Mavericks came up. We got uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. He got six player votes. He ranked 23rd among Western frontcourt players. Uh, Dwight Powell also got two. So Dwight and, Dwight and Dorian maybe switching some votes up. They were sitting together on the plane filling this out. <laughs> Maxie got nine player votes. Maxie got nine player votes. That's interesting. Um, Boban got two, like he said, and uh, Marquise Chris got zero, but he got 2,618 fan votes. Interesting. Moses Brown got 1,500 fan votes. (laughs) George King. George King got one player vote. That was his girlfriend. (laughs) No, a player vote. Oh, uh -uh. 
<laughs> 10 day, a 10 day for the mouse. Got it. Got it. Uh, Jalen Brunson got nine player votes among the guards in the West. That was 13th among those guards. He only got 68,000 though. Mm. Uh, Porzingis got uh, 390,000 fan votes. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. We, we talked briefly about this, uh, you know, about the Wiggins versus Draymond thing. Um, and one, I, I wanted to say about the Wiggins, like, Wiggins getting uh, making an all star game. I'm happy for him as a Fine. person. Like, like it's okay. I, I, he should not be starting the all star game. He's after what eight, eight, four, and two. Cool. Eight, uh, 18, four, and two. No, uh, eight, two, four, and two. Yeah. I mean, if we're just doing basic numbers here. So, like, it's just you can round uh, down to eight if you want. <laughs> I mean, it's still, still make it. It was kind of funny to me that like Draymond you know, was right underneath him in fan voting. And he, Draymond got more player votes and more media votes, but Wiggins, you know, beat him in the fan vote. And uh, that's what, you know, got Wiggins to start the starting spot. That's what got Wiggins an all-star spot because now Draymond's guaranteed. I mean, Draymond has to make the all-star game, right? Like, so, so now it locks in Draymond as a reserve to where if Draymond started, I don't know if Wiggins is locked in as a, as a reserve, but. Yeah, right, because the reserve just comes from coaches. The coaches will just pick those players. Unless the coaches go, well, the Warriors got their two guys. I'm not sure if coaches think that way, but I think they may. Oh, yeah, I think Draymond's in. Yeah. So there you go. That's all-star voting. It's all, you know, it is what it is. And Luca will be in, too. He'll make it. He'll be an all-star. Like That's what matters. Yes, I don't care about the. That's what matters. We just care about that and all NBA. You know what Luca also doesn't care about is rookie of the year. He doesn't, he doesn't care. Luca's probably like, can I just go to Slovenia? One, that weekend? two, three, Cancun. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's hear from Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report. He's got some scoop about the Mavericks. This first part here, I like to ask him about where where other teams uh, are talking about the Mavericks. What did what are teams talking about? How do teams value their assets? I also asked him about Tim Hardaway Jr. This was before the injury, so but here's my conversation with Jake Fisher. And I'm joined, multiple-time guest now, guest friend of the show, Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report. He has a book about the uh, – he's got a book about the uh, 76ers out, Built to Lose and all that. He's getting calls from general managers right now as, as, we're on, as we're on this. Jake, what you got for me? A lot of calls. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> man, thank you for having me back. I uh, appreciate the hospitality. appreciate the book plug. It's about a lot of a lot of teams. We got Sacramento stuff in there, Boston stuff in there. There's some Porzingis stuff for Mavs fans on how he oh, got yeah. to New York. And how Philly was trying to get him back in the 2015 draft. Um, so, yeah, if you like my reporting today on day-to-day league operations, um, there's a lot more intel on some stuff that set the table for today's NBA from 2012 to 20. 16 so that, that that's my spiel thanks for having me man how there are you, you doing? go i'm i'm doing great today trade trade season is is coming up and i am i love it i love all the movement i love what mark stein calls the transaction game that's what really got me into mm-hmm. the league and so i'm into it so let's dive in you've you've reported recently a lot about a couple of mavericks you know players that are connected to the mavericks and then also you recently reported teams are circling Dorian Finney-Smith as a strong trade candidate. Both Finney-Smith and Jalen Brunson will enter unrestricted free agent this summer. We've been talking about them a lot on this show. What do you think is the overall value? Let's start with Jalen Brunson. Uh, what do teams look at and see Jalen Brunson and say, is that a, a, a really interesting young piece? Or is that like, okay, we got to get that guy. That guy can be a, a cornerstone type player that you know could be could have big value in a trade i guess if you want to do it one to ten or however you want to ascribe it well like how are teams looking at jalen brunson 
Yeah, I think teams are looking at Jalen Brunson as someone in that like Fred Van Vliet type of tier, right? Where he's not necessarily um, like a sexy starting point guard type guy, but even you know the Kyle Lowry's of the world, like Fred Van Vliet is a legitimate All Star candidate right yeah, now. He is. Um, I mean, Jalen, I spent some time in Dallas. I'm a, I'm an Eagles fan and a good buddy of mine from high school <laughs> lived in Dallas for a couple of years. So there was like three straight years where I went down to Dallas every year for Eagles Cowboys and um, the Mavs always show good hospitality and Dallas is also just a great city. So I spent some time there and every time I've been there the last couple of years, I've gone to Mavs practice. This is, pre, this is all pre pandemic. Um, Jalen's like, post-practice those one-on-one sessions where they only have a couple of dribbles, like you saw it there and I've seen it dating back to Villanova. Like he's just a stud in every aspect of the fundamentals of the skills of this game. And teams love that teams love what he can do in terms of, he doesn't need the ball in his hands. He can have the ball in his hands. He defends, he scores at all three levels. Um, So, I mean, the only real name that's out there in terms of, teams that are looking to acquire him are the New York Knicks and the connections are obvious. I've said this on a ton of podcasts now, like, I mean, the Leon Rose, Leon Rose was his agent. Rick Brunson was Jalen's father was Leon's first client. Um, You know, Rick coached for Tom Thibodeau back in the Minnesota days. Like they're, they're obviously there. The Knicks need a point guard, right? Like that's there. But I mean, the Mavs, the Mavs value him very, very highly, right? The whole summer was kind of based off of trying to find a secondary ball handler to pair with Luka. I don't think they thought that Jalen was going to take this big of a stride. I think they liked Jalen as that sixth man, that, that, that third ball handler. But he's, he has cemented himself as that second piece right now. And now, you know, maybe Goran Dragic, as I'm sure – you want to get to every time I do something, Mass fans want to know. <laughs> well, he's just sitting there, um, but yeah, we'll get, we'll get into he could, be a, you know, he could be a buyout candidate that you know maybe he does make his way to Dallas and he becomes the third guy to Jalen second. Um, teams for all that, like in his value there, teams rival teams have definitely pointed to Dorian as being potentially more available, being that um, they're both up for uh, unrestricted free agency this summer. It's going to be difficult to pay both and not be a tax team. Um, and But, you know, the talk of late has been actually that um, Dallas is has not been willing to part with either of those guys so far in early conversations. Um, and they definitely have backed off from what I heard of their pursuits of Miles Turner and Karis LeVert. So I don't really know exactly um, how big of a splash the Mavs are willing to make here, being that their two best pieces – um, they really haven't engaged too much. And teams have called about Maxi Kleba too. Um, and I know they haven't really been too willing to, to discuss him. So um, I'll be curious to see which direction they end up going because so far of, of the teams that have had Intel that's actually been out there and out there consistently, they've been one of the teams that the Intel has changed in the last 10 days or so. So um, I'm curious to see where they end up. I mean, this is all fluid as we continue to be weeks out from the deadline on February 10th. All right, coming up more with Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report, more scoop on the Dallas Mavericks and players across the NBA. We'll talk about the Boston Celtics guys a little later in their interview, all that kind of stuff. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I am putting my money where my mouth is. Actually, I'm putting my 
money so I can put the built bars in my mouth because they are delicious. I bought the coconut brownie chunk as well as the churro puff bars. They are really great. Uh, I bought those this weekend. I'm excited to get some of those and eat them. The churro puff bars, they're still available on the website as I'm on there right now. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, six grams of sugar in a bar covered in 100% chocolate with marshmallow fluff in the middle that tastes like a churro. It's great. They're good for you. Go check them out. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your entire order. I got two boxes. I got 15% off the entire thing. So go check it out. You also get rewards that you can use. I'm I like... I'm like legitimately almost at a full box, like a free box at this point with the amount of awards awards I've gotten. So you can check that out, sign up for an account, built.com, promo code LOCKED15. Yeah, it's interesting. So with Dorian and with Brunson and with Maxi, who's another guy I was going to ask you about, those three guys are so much more valuable to the Mavericks than they probably would be to any other team, right? If if the Mavericks got rid of one of those guys, if they traded one of those guys, they have to bring back something that would make them better than if they just had those guys still. And I'm not sure they'd be as valued on another team. And then you mentioned how the, the, you know, the talk around the Mavericks has changed recently. That's something that we've been monitoring all year. Okay. Is Nico Harrison, his first full year as, as GM is, you know, uh, Jason Kidd's first full year as the, you know, as a coach, are they going to take an approach of, all right, let's, let's check around for a little bit and let's see what this team is all together first, before we decide if we're going to make some big moves. You think that it's changed because of this recent run, they've won, you know, 11 out of their last 13 games, their defense is fourth in the NBA. Like they're just looking like a really good team. And it feels like the Mavericks have finally said, okay, well, we believe this is what our team is. And we're not going to make any major moves here. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Mavs get, and Mavs fans remind me of this a lot. The Mavs get brought up in these transaction windows a lot and then don't really do anything, right? (laughs) Um, I mean, it's a new front office, a new regime. Um, I mean, there, I know there are some people there who like to, you know, work the trade machine and try to figure out how they can get involved in certain things. Uh, And they are definitely searching and being active and making calls. Um, it's just a matter of, yeah, how big of a splash, right? And the other thing, I mean, there's a ton of buyers out there right now, not many sellers. And if you take Ben Simmons off the, out of the equation, which it continues to look, excuse me, I'm, I'm, I'm hiccuping over here. Uh, <laughs> it continues to look unlikely that Ben Simmons will be moved before the deadline. And in that case, you know, puts the pressure and the spotlight even more on Indiana and Detroit to see what they're going to do with Miles Turner and Jeremy Grant. It continues to seem unlikely that the Pacers moved to Demonis Sabonis. So from there, the, the Mavs have obviously shown interest in Turner, right? But Charlotte's shown interest in him, and Portland has shown interest in him, and Sacramento has shown interest in him, and Toronto has shown interest in him, and New York. Like the list goes on. So. It's not just going to be Dallas, theoretically. Like a bunch of teams are going to be on the outside looking in on that major piece that they want. I mean, the Mavs have been linked to John Collins for a while, and you know, I, I, I I'm pretty sure Atlanta called Dallas of late and, and kind of broached that subject and saw what they could do. Um, I don't think there was much traction so far, but um, I mean, that's that's a, a big fish that's potentially available for for Mavs fans out there, um, but. Again, like the Collins interest, and I know there are fan, there are John Collins fans in the Mavericks front office, but um, that rumor was um, that rumor and, and that intel about Dallas being interested in in, in Collins dates back again to that old front office. So, um, 
we're going to see. I mean, this deadline is going to be pretty telling to see what we had a free agency window, right? But we really, I mean, Nico came into the fold pretty quickly before that. So I am curious to see how active they're going to be here from a, a data point on learning how they're going to operate in this Nico Harrison front office. Yeah, the only thing we know is that he just didn't like Josh Richardson. Just shipped his yeah. shipped his butt out as soon as he, <laughs> as soon as he could. That was like the first thing he did. Uh, all right, coming up, let's get into some more about these the Mavericks players, what their value are. Chris Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr. Do they actually have trade value? We'll get into that with Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report coming up. All right, Jake. So we talked about we talked about Jalen Brunson, Dorian Vinny Smith, Maxi Kleba, What kind of value they have? It seems like the Mavs are are not willing, or at least very willing, to part with those guys. Chris Porzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. Mostly Tim Hardaway Jr. I feel like has been the name that some people have mentioned as he could be a piece the Mavs try to move in trades. Do him and KP have trade value, do you think? Or would the Mavs, if they were thinking about trading one of those guys, would they have to attach things to those guys to get off of their contract? Where, do, where does the rest of the league stand with those two guys? Yeah, I... You know, I, I don't know how much value Porzingis really does have. I mean, the same reason why he'd be available in Dallas is why teams might not be rushing to go get him, right? Um, and there's been, you know, fit issues in terms of how many bigs I have on that roster. And there's been, you know, scuttle out there, let's say, about the quality of the relationship between him and Luca for a little while. I don't think that's a secret, right? Um, it kind of came out, I think, first in Tim Cato's athletic story that kind of blew the doors open on the Mavericks. Um, but, I mean, outside of, like, flipping him for Al Horford, like that type of deal, like I really don't see much out there for him. Um, I mean, I think the market for $30 million players is just really thin. And, I mean, you can stack contracts to do that, but – in terms of guys who make that much money who are truly available, I mean, it's Al, it's Ben, it's CJ McCollum in Portland um, to a certain degree. Like we're still kind of waiting to see how available he is. Um, just the market's really thin in terms of to move a salary like that. A lot of salary has to come back and there just isn't that many. And also someone that you'd be willing to do it for. Right. So, um, I mean, for a while I was curious if there'd be a, Kemba OKC opportunity, but obviously he got waived. Um, like when that first went down, I was like, Oh, I wonder, like, if I'm OKC, if I'm putting myself in Sam Presti's shoes, calling up Dallas for a distressed KP to try to rehab him and turn him into a trade asset would have been one of my first calls. Um, but then that didn't happen. So, um, yeah, I think it's a combination of, I mean, I don't think Porzingis is a positive trade asset right now based off of. He's not a negative one, but I don't think he. I don't think people are calling up, getting super excited to add him to the program. Yeah, which which is interesting right now. And yeah, we we talked a lot about those thunder rumors or the possibility of fake trade of of them doing that, and then just the idea of KP and Poku being on the same roster would be just really interesting, <laughs> really interesting to watch. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. Though, is Tim Hardaway Jr. a guy where teams look at that salary and say that guy's making a little bit too much now? He's just not performing, or you know. They look at what he did the last couple of years and say, okay, if, t- if it was the Tim of last year, maybe he would have some more trade value. But the Tim of this year where he's not shooting the ball as well, um, I guess here's my question. Do players trade value, does it ebb and flow the way it feels like it does with fans, right? Where a Tim Hardaway Jr. last couple of years has actually gained some value where he shot pretty well. And then this year he hasn't shot as well and he's kind of his numbers are down. Is that 
does all of a sudden teams are like, well, we don't want to trade for Tim because of what he's done this year instead of taking the last couple of years? Yeah. I mean, it's not just Tim. You look at Duncan Robinson. Right. In uh, Miami, Davis Bertans in, um, in Washington. I just don't think the league has currently figured out how to pay for shooters. Um, it's just a weird thing. And back to Alan Crabb. Remember Alan Crabb got that huge deal yeah. and then it was just like – yeah, I mean, JJ Reddick's contract um, kind of set, I think, that average annual value when he went to Philly, but that was on a short deal and they had to overpay to get him because they weren't mm-hmm. so bad before they brought him in. Um, so it just, it's 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 curious what the market stands right now for those guys. But you're right, to, to your first part of your question, like, yeah, the, these guys do kind of fluctuate. I mean, I think the, the, the first thing that comes to my mind right now in this current market is Eric Gordon. Like last year, yeah. No way would Eric Gordon have netted back a first round pick for the Rockets, but he's playing incredible this year. Um, and I mean, I, 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 I am bullish for the Rockets chances on getting a first round pick back for him. I don't know how good the first round pick is going to be, um, but, and they seem to be confident they're going to get one too. I mean, everyone's confident they're going to get their asking price right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he's a perfect example of how his value can ebb and flow. I mean, on a much grander scale, I mean, look at Porzingis, right? Like he got the package that the Knicks got back for him, which even wasn't that much, right? When you really think about how he Double was being valued and what he like, people thought that that Dallas stole him from New York, <laughs> and there was obviously you know overtures that the um, the Knicks were making um, to try to go get KD and Kyrie with all that stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, KD KP's value. It's just not where it was when he got dealt to the Knicks or to the Mavericks, right? So, yeah, players' values do fluctuate. But Eric Gordon, I think, is a better example to your question about Tim Hardaway where, yeah, I mean, last summer, like, outside of going to get Kyle Lowry, Tim Hardaway was the Mavericks' number one priority in, in free agency. Right. And who's to say how good that contract does look right now? Yeah, it's just fascinating how it just ebbs and flows so fast, right? All of a sudden, he just he was a – kind of positive and then all of a sudden it was you know teams were willing to pay the pelicans were willing to give him this bigger deal and now he's just not even a trade asset it's so fascinating to me how it changes so much 